welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by founding pastor John Ferguson as we continue our series, Recalibrate. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right. Wow, that is ridiculously cute. But isn't it amazing, too? I mean, our, our children, our young people, they're actually learning stuff. They're getting it. They know what worship is all about. So uh, let's just acknowledge our Kid City leaders for what they're doing Invest in our children. And I saw that Stuco video, and I couldn't help but think, when is adult camp? I mean, really? Good night. The kids get everything. Huh? This is incredible. You know, it's great to be here. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, for those that you don't know, I live on the north side of Chicago. And it's great to be able to come out to the Yellow Box, particularly on a Sunday morning when I can get here in about like 40 minutes. I mean, there is nobody on the expressway. You should see what it's like. The Eisenhower is actually empty on Sunday morning at 6 a.m. So if you ever want to like just go downtown for the heck of it, go at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. We have locations that you can actually go to church to. You could probably get there and back and make it here on time. But uh, when you came in this morning, real quick, uh, hopefully you received one of these cards, all right? Did everybody get one? Give me a nod of the head, all right? All right? If, how about if you didn't get one, would you go ahead and just, I know it's a little, kind of put you on the spot. Raise your hand, would you? Raise your hand if you don't have one. Our ushers are going to come down the aisle and make sure that everybody gets one. Wow, it looks like we did pretty good. This is going to be really important uh, later on in the service. You know, Ian mentioned that... Um, you had some folks here, Ricky and Amber, last week that you acknowledged, brought on stage. They're planning a church in Hyde Park. And I just want to tell you uh, that it is your vision, your generosity, in part, that's making that happen. It's one of the reasons my family moved down there so we could help start new churches. And there are networks of church planters that are coming together to make that possible. And so I just want to say thank you uh, for your vision and in generosity. And what God is doing in the city is nothing short of remarkable. So thank you for that. You know, I think we all have a tendency to uh, forget. Would you agree? Yeah, it's not something we necessarily do on purpose, but I would say just about every single day we forget something, right? Uh, I recently heard a funny story about a guy from Chicago who was going to visit some relatives on a family farm. And he wasn't there very long, and the relative, who was a farmer, gave this loud whistle, and suddenly his dog came running up towards him, and the dog immediately began herding these cows into a barn and actually latched the gate to the barn with its paw. And the guy from Chicago said, wow, that's amazing. What's her name? And the forgetful farmer thought for a moment and then asked, uh, you know, what do you call that red flower that smells good and has thorns on the stem? And the guy responded, a rose. And the farmer said, yeah, that's it. And then he turned to his wife and said, hey, Rose, uh, what's the name of this dog? <laughs> you don't know how many times I've vetted that joke. <laughs> Teaching team said yes. <laughs> Eric Bramlett, our arts director, said yes. I won't tell you who said no. But anyway, um, hopefully you don't forget your spouse's name. But, you know, we all do forget things, don't we? You know, we forget, we forget our keys. We forget passwords for websites. We, we always forget what we actually went to Target to buy when we walk out with 12 items that always cost over $100. Are you with me? That always happens. Or how about this? Quick show of hands. Have you ever forgot where you parked your car? Okay. Like I said, I live in the city, all right? And so we don't have a garage. And so every night we have to remember where we parked our car because it's in a different place every morning. We actually text each other. We text the person that's going to have the car in the morning to let them know where the car is. But... One time, I came out of the United Center after watching a Bulls game, and I couldn't remember where I parked my car. It was like zero degrees outside. 
And I was with my son. He was a lot younger. And I was trying to act like I wasn't bothered or concerned at all. I was completely bothered and concerned. I had no idea. I finally found it. But you know, it's one thing when you can't find your car walking out of a restaurant or maybe church, but it's another thing altogether when there's like thousands of cars, right? Scattered across who knows how many parking lots. And of course, there are people who want to capitalize on our forgetfulness. So now we have products designed to help us not to forget. How many of you have seen this before? You know what this is? Yeah, tile. You've seen those before? Yeah, interesting little uh, device. And you actually place these little tiles or tags on your keys or your purse, maybe your child, <laughs> um, just about anything. And then you can use an app on your phone to find it. Just press the button on your phone and it makes a noise and you can find it. Well, interestingly enough, I know this is a shock to you, but I actually can't find something right now. And so I, I was hoping maybe we could find it. So I'm going to test this out and we could just see how this works. All right, let's see what happens here. Okay, find, listen closely. You hear that? Somebody's got it. Now, I hope that was an accident and you didn't like actually take my Bible, did you? (laughs) All right, that's how it works. Thank you. (laughs) But we forget things, right? This is something I'm going to need in a little while. Yeah, we forget things. We have devices that actually help us find them. And you know, it's one thing to forget where you put your keys, but it's another thing, all right, altogether different, you know, to forget to pay a bill, uh, your best friend's birthday. Or to feed your kids. <laughs> I don't mean like for a week. I mean like a meal or a snack. Okay. <laughs> like you haven't done that. Come on. But as important as it is to remember all these things, I think the truth is uh, we're actually prone to forget something that's even of greater significance than these things. And I don't know about you, but if you're like me, I, I have a tendency to sort of kind of go through my days full of meetings and tasks and priorities And it's so easy for me to get distracted, kind of get off course and actually forget about God. And I forget about God and and who he is and and how much I I really do want him a part of my life and how much I need him. I uh, say that I I can even go hours, you know, without even giving God a thought. It's like I just completely forget about him. I forget his truths that I rely on. I forget that his spirit lives inside of me to give me wisdom and guidance. I forget that he loves me and cares for me and wants what's best for me. And so this forgetfulness can kind of cause me to drift. And then I, you know, I find myself thinking thoughts and saying things and doing things that I, I want nothing to do with. They're not who I want to be and not who God wants me to be. Anybody relate to that? Uh, this past week, we took my daughter back to college for her sophomore year. And this year, uh, we decided we would move her into an apartment. We could actually save money by moving her into an apartment, sharing it with another, another uh, a friend. And for the most part, I mean, we had a pretty good time. We were there for like a few days, but it was also pretty stressful because there were all sorts of decisions that had to be made right in the spot. And most of them were financial. We thought it also would be a good idea for all three of us, my wife, myself, and my daughter to stay in her apartment while we were there. Keep in mind, it's like a 300 square foot Cracker Jack box, no air conditioning. And the weather where we were was like it is here today. Let's just say that the apartment wasn't the only thing that was having a hard time keeping its cool. Yeah, and there were, I mean, there were just more than a, one occasion, I hate to admit, when I just, I just couldn't keep it together, and I was not who God wants me to be. And you know, last week we talked about how times like that, that we need, we need worship, because worship is when we give ourselves back to God. It's, it's when we recalibrate ourselves back to who he is and who we are. 
And we talked about how we need moments every single day throughout our day to acknowledge him, to thank him, to think about him, to get into sync with him. See, that's what worship is all about. And, and worship has a way of pointing us back to Jesus. It, it sort of realigns our hearts to God. It helps us remember who God is and who we are. Have you ever experienced that when you come here? How you're kind of recalibrated, you're realigned to who God is and who you are. But we need that not just on Sundays, we need that every single day. And so today we want to focus on one aspect of worship, and it's remembering. Remembering. I'll tell you what, say that after me, okay? Remembering. Yeah. And you see, being forgetful, I mean, it's, it's really nothing new. As long as people have been on earth, they've been forgetful. And in some Old Testament writings, Samuel, the prophet, talks about how God's people were constantly forgetting God and drifting away from him. They would begin to worship other gods, false gods, and they would lose their identity and and lose sight of who they were as the children of the one true God. And at one point, Samuel describes a series of battles that took place between the nation of Israel and the Philistines, their longtime enemy. And after just a a crippling defeat at the hands of the Philistines, the Israelites kind of begin to come to their senses, begin to realign, if you will, recalibrate. They recognize their forgetfulness. And if you look at chapter seven, verse two, we can read this and you can follow along on the screen. All the Israelites turned back to the Lord. So Samuel spoke to all the Israelites and he said, do you really want to return to the Lord with all your hearts? If you do, get rid of your false gods. Get rid of your statues of female gods that are named Ashtoreth. Commit yourself to the Lord. Serve him only. Then he will save you from the power of the Philistines. Now, sometimes when I read these Old Testament stories about the nation of Israel, I kind of wonder, I mean, why were they so forgetful? I mean, it seems like it happens time and time again. They were always losing their way and forgetting how God had spared them from their enemies and offered them freedom over and over again. And so I wonder why in the world would they even think about pursuing other gods or idols? You ever have that feeling? But you know, before we throw them under the bus, I think we have to say that, you know, in a lot of ways we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, don't we often fail to remember who God is and man, all that he's done for us? I mean, don't we so easily lose sight of the fact that when we didn't have a chance in the world, God loved us, gave us a hope, a future, and a purpose for living? It's like the nation of Israel. Man, we start chasing after other things, thinking that somehow someone or something other than God will give us what we're actually looking for. I know I fail to remember him. I forget that God loves me more than anybody else will ever love me. I forget that he'd rather die and actually did die. He'd rather die than live without me. Who else can I say that about? I forget that he offers me more than I could ever ask for. Forgiveness, unconditional love, and and a community of people who will help me get through anything that life brings my way. And when we forget, we turn to idols. They may not be physical statues, but they're no less real. I mean, we turn to romantic relationships sometimes. Success in our careers, we turn to the approval of people, the security of wealth. We turn to the rush of pleasure or maybe our own skills or insights, thinking we can figure it out on our own. And we drift further and further from God. 
And so you see, every day, every single day, many times throughout my day, I need to remember who it is I worship, who it is I follow, and who it is I can depend on more than anyone else. And you know, this tendency to forget, it was not only true about the Israelites and true about us, it was also true about the first followers of Jesus. His very closest friends got so distracted so quickly, forgot who Jesus was. They failed to remember who he was and and who they were in relationship to him. They, They pursued many of the same idols we do. And so Jesus would remind them just as he's reminding us today. And you know what he would say? He would say, this is who I am. And then he would say, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You ever feel kind of hungry, kind of thirsty for something more? He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You ever feel like the course of your week that you're kind of maybe just walking in darkness or it just feels like the darkness is kind of settling in over you? He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We have a God who laid down his life for us. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You feel like you're searching for life, life that is truly life, the truth. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You see, when we worship, what happens is God reminds us of who he is, but he also reminds us of who we are. He reminds us of who he is, but he also reminds us of who we are. And you know what he says about you? Here's what he says about you. Take a look at this. He says, you're a child of God, John 1, 12. He says, you are a, a friend of Jesus, John 15, 15. He says, you are no longer a slave to sin. We sing that song, don't we? I'm gonna sing it for you now. I don't wanna ruin it for you. But he says, you are no longer a slave to sin, Romans 6, 6. You are accepted by Christ. Romans 15, 7. You are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are chosen holy and blameless before God. Ephesians 1, 4. You are loved. 1 John 4, 10. I mean, just look at that. Let that sink in. See, as a follower of Jesus, that's who I am. That's who you are. But do you believe it? I mean, do you really believe it? How easily forget we forget. And I just wonder how life could be different if we could remember. See, I need to remember this stuff every single day, multiple times a day. So I'll tell you what, let's change the pronouns on this list. And I want us to remind each other of our identity right now this morning. And so I want us to say these out loud, okay? I want us to be kind of interactive. Engage with me together right now as an act of worship and let us remember, okay? So what I want you to do is just repeat after me. I'm gonna say a phrase and then you say it out loud, okay? Ready? I am a child of God. That was good. I am a friend of Jesus. I am no longer a slave to sin. 
I am accepted by Christ. I am a new creation. I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God. I am loved. So I would turn to somebody near you and say, you are loved. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, we forget who we are, don't we? Do you? And I need to be reminded. I need to remind myself, and you know what? I need you to remind me. And you need the people around you to remind you. And I'm guessing that most of us, when we read through that list just now, read something that we've probably forgotten. Or something that we just struggle to fully believe that we so need to remember. (laughs) And that we so need to hold on to and believe. So as you look at that list, go ahead and just look at it again. What do you really need to remember today? I don't know what your week was like. I don't know what your morning was like. I don't know what your past few weeks or months have been like. But what on here do you need to remember maybe more than anything else today? Maybe there's something on this list (laughs) that God has you here today because he wants you to know that and feel it and remember it more than anything else. What is it? Maybe you need to remember that you're a child of God. You're a child of God. Do we, do we realize that? Do we remember that? I said I took my daughter back to, to school, and you know she's in college, but she's still only 19, and so I kind of feel like a, I left a part of me there. <laughs> Not just a part of my bank account, but a part of me. <laughs> but you know, God feels that way about us, and when we're not around, he misses us. He wants us to be around. You might be here today and you need to be reminded, you need to remember that you are a new creation. That when you choose to follow Jesus, he gives you a fresh start. Folks, you are forgiven. The slate is clean. His mercies are new every morning. Or I don't know, maybe you just need to know and feel deep down that you are truly loved. You are truly loved. Yeah, Jesus loves you so much he'd rather die than live without you. Who could love you more than that? So what have you forgotten? What do you need to remember today? You know, back to the nation of Israel, when they finally remembered who God was and their desperate need for him, they came together and they fasted and they confessed. And you see, when we recognize that we have drifted, that we've forgotten, we can recalibrate by remembering who God is and who we are, but we also need to confess to whatever has caused us to drift. And it might be that we just need to confess to our forgetfulness because confession isn't only about acknowledging our sin, it's also acknowledging that we've forgotten So here's what we're going to do. When you came in today, like I said, you received one of those cards. And I want you to take that card out right now. I want you to hold it in your hand. 
There's some pictures of stones on that card and a verse from this story. I'm going to talk to you about that in just a few moments. But I want you to take a look at this list again. One more time. Child, friend, free, accepted, new, chosen, loved. We added those key words before each statement. And it's because we wanted to ask this question, which truth do you most need to remember today? Which one are you prone to forget? Do you need to remember today that you are a child, you're his friend, you're no longer a slave to whatever that sin might be, you're accepted, you're a new creation, you're chosen, holy, blameless, you are loved. Which is it for you? Because I want you to pick out one and I want you to write it on the back of this card to help you remember. I want you to pick one out. Even in these next few moments, we're going to sing a little bit more. We're going to worship more. We're going to remember God through song. But I want you to remember because we forget, we drift. And we need to recalibrate our spirit with the spirit of God and remember who he is and who we are. So write down one of those words on this card that you need to remember as the band leads us in a time of remembering through song. Let's worship together. Spoken I 
And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And after, this, after Samuel and the Israelites had this time of remembering and confessing, uh, their enemies attacked. <laughs> Sounds kind of like life, doesn't it? There's still going to be attacks. The enemy's going to come after us. But God was faithful. He gave them victory. And in response, Samuel did something significant, and it kind of ties into that card with the pictures of the stones on it that you have in your hand right now. Samuel took a stone, it says in 1 Samuel seven twelve, and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. And you see, Samuel wanted the community of Israelites, the nation of Israel, the children of God to remember what God had done. And so he memorialized that moment by building a stone monument. And he gave that stone monument the name Ebenezer. Ebenezer, it's actually the combination of two Hebrew words, Eben, which means stone, and Ezer, which means helper, helper. So together it means stone of help, stone of my helper. And this stone, that monument, reminded the Israelites over and over again of that moment when they turned away from their idols and they remembered the one true God. And it was a time when their hearts were recalibrated back to him. And so that's why if you look at that card, there's that verse and those stones. We want that to be your Ebenezer. Let that be your reminder. It's sort of memorial. And so I want you to take that card and I want you to place it somewhere significant this week. Somewhere where you will see it over and over again, okay? Maybe it's on the the dash of your car. I don't know. Maybe it's in your wallet. Maybe it's on the mirror, you know, wherever that might be where you get ready to do what you got to do throughout the day so that you see that every single day repeatedly many times throughout the course of this week. And I want you to remember, let it be a reminder of who God is and who you are. Let it be your Ebenezer. You know, we're blessed. We're fortunate because at community every week, there's another way we remember and memorialize who God is and who we are. If you think about it, communion, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, it's a, it's a sort of Ebenezer, isn't it? It's a memorial to the one who is our true helper, uh, the one who showed us total and complete love, the one who died for every single one of us. And it's an opportunity for us to remember the cross and remember the empty grave where we were given ultimate victory. And so we're going to sing a song here again in just a few moments, and the ushers are going to come forward, and they're going to pass the bread that represents Christ's body, and they're going to pass the juice that represents Christ's blood. And we want you just to hold on to it, okay, because we're going to take it together in a few moments, but we want you to hold on to it as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Again, let this be a memorial of who God is and who we are. You're Ebenezer. All right, let's celebrate the Lord's Supper. Hold on to it. We'll take it together in just a few moments.